Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome to Mariner's Church. I'm so glad that you are with us today. And before we jump into our study in the scripture in the book of Galatians, I want to give you some exciting updates about where we have been headed as a church. You've heard us talking about multiply, that we're seeing the gospel multiply digitally throughout Southern California, uh, disciples multiplied and the gospel multiplied throughout the world. And so really some exciting things that you have financed, that your giving has made happen. And so digitally, we are seeing the gospel go to new places. Check this picture out. This is us having Mariners hosted here at Sunburst Youth Military Academy. And I wanna give a shout out to those of you at Sunburst right now. I'm so glad that you are with us today. And so also we've seen the church multiply throughout Southern California. We launched Mariners Oceanside on Easter weekend. Here's a picture of that. We had over 600 people join us at Mariners Oceanside. And so, so excited to see God start a new congregation there. And then we had like the official ribbon cutting at Mariners Santa Ana, which we moved in there several months ago because of your generosity. An amazing weekend at Mariners Santa Ana. On Easter weekend, we had over 1,100 people gather to worship. It was just incredible. And then also we are seeing disciples multiplied. We are just starting our spring session of Rooted, which is our 10-week discipleship course. And we have over 800 people going through Rooted right now, which is just awesome for the spring. And we're out of group space. And so here's the plans for us to see more group space, actually 65% more group space at Mariners Irvine. And this is happening because of your generosity. And then lastly, we've been talking about seeing the gospel multiply throughout the world. Here's the plans for uh, the leadership training center that we are gonna have in South Asia. And in this training center, we're gonna see pastors trained and developed and sent out to take the gospel to people who have never heard about it before. So you've heard us talk about this over the last several months. I asked you to pray about giving sacrificially. So over and above our regular giving to do all that we believe God is calling us to do, $50 million that we asked you, Mariner's Church, to give over and above our regular giving. And so drum roll, I'm excited to report that you have pledged or have already given $47 million towards all of these initiatives to see the gospel of Jesus multiply. So I am so thankful. Um, We're a little short, so that means that some of you can step up and be generous if you'd like, but we are going full speed ahead with all of the plans that we have. If we have to make minor adjustments along the way, we will, but everything that we believe God has given us to do in this season, we are going after. So thank you, Mariner's Church, for being such a generous church. All right, we are walking through an incredible book in the Bible. It is the book of Galatians. It's one of the 66 books. So if you are new to the Christian faith or just checking out what it would mean for you to be a Christian, the book of Galatians will help you understand the core message of the Christian faith. If you've been a Christian for a long time, I have, you need the book of Galatians. I need this because I am so prone to forget the core message of the Christian faith. And the book of Galatians helps us rest. It's our invitation to rest in the good news of Jesus because we are so prone to forget. My daughters are prone to forget. They are prone to forget 
even the most essential elements of their outfit, which is their shoes. This happens frequently in my parenting. Just a couple of weeks ago, Evie, our youngest, is getting dropped off at school by my wife, Kay. She's about to get out of the car and she realizes that she forgot her shoes. She doesn't have her shoes. Kay pulls over, takes off her shoes, gives her shoes to Evie to wear throughout the day and Kay drives home barefoot. Evie literally got dressed and forgot her shoes. Not only Evie, my oldest daughter, Eden. We first moved to Southern California. Eden comes to church one day, is getting out of the car, realizes she forgot her shoes. She, she's going to church barefoot. Kay is like, baby, it's, it's okay. Um, people think we moved here from Tennessee. They think this is normal. Um, just go, go to church barefoot. And so she came to church without any shoes. She forget, forgot her shoes. How do we forget things that are critical to our entire outfits? How do we forget? My daughter's got it for me. I forget things. I forget things that I need to remember, and I remember things that I wish I could forget. I remember the wrong things and forget the most important things. Example, I often cannot find my wedding ring or my wallet or my keys. I'm searching the house for them. Those are really important. But then I'm driving in my Jeep down the road and an old school 90s rap song comes on. In some kind of way, I'm able to remember every single lyric. One, two, three, and to the four. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the door. I mean, I can, they, they're there. They are in the recesses of my mind. They just come out, but I can't find my keys. And it's not only about things like that. It's also emotionally and spiritually. I tend to remember the wrong things. I can remember painful situations and I can forget that God's grace is bigger than those painful situations. I can remember hurt and struggles and I can forget that God's power is sufficient in my weakness. I tend to remember the wrong things and forget the most important things. And this is what the book of Galatians addresses, particularly the passage that we are gonna see today in Galatians 2, because this is actually really encouraging. You're gonna see it's not only us who forgets. Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, he forgot the most important message of the Christian faith, which is the gospel. Peter, who preached the gospel, who brought the gospel to many people, he struggled to remember the gospel. Now, gospel means good news. It is the good news that God the Son was sent by God the Father into the world for us. He lived perfectly on our behalf. He placed himself on the cross in our place. He takes our sin and shame upon himself and he gives us all of his forgiveness and his righteousness. So now we have a right standing with God. We are his sons and daughters, those of us who believe in him. This is the good news, the gospel and it changes everything. So how do we forget that? How do we forget the core message of the Christian faith? How do you forget this? Maybe we forget the gospel or we fail to apply it to the totality of our lives because we think wrongly that the gospel is just the beginning point of the Christian life. In the scripture, the, God, uh, the Christian life is compared to a race. It needs endurance. You need endurance to run the Christian race. The Christian faith is compared to a race because you walk alongside, you run alongside Jesus because you're not in the stands just watching. It is active. 
And so with the metaphor of the Christian faith being a race, some have wrongly thought that the gospel, the message of Jesus coming here for us, dying for us, walking out of the tomb alive and giving us life, that the message of the gospel is like the starting blocks of the Christian faith, like this picture of the starting blocks. Some have thought this, that, okay, I needed the gospel right when I became a Christian. So I believed in Jesus. I believed he died for me. I believed that he was resurrected from the dead. Boom, check, got that starting block. But now that I have started, I can leave the gospel behind. I can forget the gospel. It's too elementary for me. It's, it's, I needed that back then, but now for me to run the race, I need my own grit. I need my own merit. I need to, to work really hard. It's now about my moral performance. It's about my good deeds. Yeah, I needed the gospel way back then, but now I'm running the race. I'm running the race. Some Christians, maybe this is you, have wrongly thought that the gospel is just the starting blocks. Have you thought that? Have you thought that the gospel is just the beginning point? Have you left the gospel behind? If you have, you're in good company. I have, and so did Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. And we're gonna see in this passage in Galatians chapter two, this really epic confrontation between the apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Galatians, and Peter about a time in Peter's life when he stopped applying the gospel to the whole race and he was only viewing the gospel as the starting block. So look with me in Galatians chapter two, verse 11. The apostle Paul wrote this. But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James or Jerusalem. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Now, I'm gonna continue reading, but I wanna explain what's going on here. You have to understand this. This is the apostle Paul writing the book of Galatians. And as he's writing the book of Galatians, he remembers backwards to a confrontation that he had with Peter. And the reason he's writing this is because he's reminding the Galatians that, man, Peter forgot the gospel and you can forget the gospel. And so here was the confrontation that he had with Peter. Peter had come to Antioch, which is part of Galatia. And when he got to Antioch, Peter was hanging out with anybody who was a Christian, anybody who had received the good news of Jesus, the grace. So he was having fellowship, dinner, meals with Gentiles. Now, Peter was Jewish, but he was eating meals and enjoying community with Gentiles who were Christians, who had received the grace of God. But there were some people who came from Jerusalem and they were of the circumcision party, meaning they wanted to tell Gentiles that, hey, you don't only need Jesus, you also need to be circumcised. So they came to Galatia and they told Peter, Peter, what are you doing, man? You're hanging out with these Gentiles over dinner and you're gonna, you're basically affirming them that it's okay that they're not circumcised. You, you have to uh, pull away from them. And so Peter did. He stopped hanging out with these people who were Gentiles and he pulled away. And what Paul said is, man, this, is, this was so disastrous because 
many people were led astray, including Barnabas. And what were they led astray from? They were led astray from the understanding that the good news of Jesus, the gospel, was the foundation of their relationships, the foundation of their community. Because by stopping eating with the Gentiles who had received grace, Peter was sending the signal that I'm not really close with you unless you become Jewish. You have to become Jewish for us to hang out. You have to be circumcised for us to hang out. Jesus is not enough. You need Jesus plus this for us to be in community. And Paul was livid. So Paul confronted Peter. Now, the reason it's shocking that this happened to Peter is because before this confrontation, there's this incredible story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. So let me go further back in the timeline. In Acts chapter 10, of all the people in the world that God could have used to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, he chose Peter. He chose Peter. So when people first became Christians, it was all Jewish people. Jesus entered our world into a Jewish culture. He was born into a Jewish body. Jesus lived here, walked this world as a Jewish man. So at first, all of the Christians were Jewish and they thought that's how it was gonna be. But God always intended to rescue people from every single tribe, tongue, and nation to himself. And so God commands his disciples to go and take the gospel to everybody. And to command Peter to take the gospel to the Gentiles, God gave Peter this, this vision in Acts chapter 10. And in the vision, this is what happened. Peter was praying, and as he's praying, he saw this, in a, a vision of this, a sheet of come down from heaven with all kinds of animals on it. And the voice, God's voice from heaven said, kill and eat. Now, Peter, being Jewish, he, he didn't eat all of, all of those animals. I mean, he only ate kosher. Those were unclean animals. And kill and eat? God is telling him to eat these animals? Now, some of you aren't gonna like that passage because you, you've criticized that I use steaks and ribs and hamburgers too frequently in my sermons and you're, you're vegan and, and I, I, I'm totally cool with you having kale salad with vinaigrette. I, I'm not shaming you for that. I enjoy kale salad with vinaigrette alongside my, my ribs. Like that's how I like my kale salad. But I want you to know that this passage is not just my opinion. This is God telling Peter to kill and eat this meat. And this account is not sponsored by PETA. It's an account not of PETA, but of Peter. This is, this is God telling Peter to kill and eat all of this food. But really there was a deeper meaning. It really wasn't about food. It was about sending a signal to Peter that don't call all of these animals unclean just like I don't want you to call all of the people that you're gonna take the gospel to unclean. And the vision becomes clear the next day as God tells Peter to go to Cornelius' house. This is all in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius is a Gentile. And Peter's like, wow, the gospel's for them too. It's not only for us Jews, the gospel's for the Gentiles. And so Cornelius believes, he places his faith in Jesus. And then in this famous passage in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, this is what Peter says. This is Peter, he says this. Now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So Peter, of all the people that God have, could have used, Peter's the one used to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He's the one. But then he goes to Galatia 
And some people tell him not to hang out with the Gentiles and he pulls away from them. And Paul is livid. Now, some, you might think, is Paul overreacting? I mean, he goes and he confronts Peter and says, man, you have made a disaster here because you've sent the signal that the gospel isn't enough. It was, was Paul overreacting? He wasn't overreacting because he believed that Peter stopped having dinner with the Gentiles, sent the wrong message of the gospel, and it showed that Peter actually forgot the gospel that he preached. That one pulling away from Gentile believers sent a signal that the gospel wasn't the foundation of their community. If you have ever hosted a band or an artist in, in your profession for like a conference that you've put on, you have received a what's called a rider in the mail. A rider, which is, hey, here's what the band needs for them to be able to perform. And Van Halen had this very, the, the rock artist Van Halen, the rock band Van Halen had this very famous rider that really set them up in people's minds as prima donna. Because in the rider, like all of these pages on the very last page was buried the line, hey, in the green room, which is where artists are before they go out on the stage, there should be a large bowl of M&Ms, but all the brown ones should be removed. And so people are like, well, how, how prima donna can you be that you literally want somebody to hand take out all of the brown M&Ms? Come on, Van Halen, that is so that is so prima donna. Well, in his autobiography, David Lee Roth of Van Halen explained why they put this in the writer. See, Van Halen was one of the first rock bands who started doing major shows in second city. So, you know, not LA or Chicago or New York, but, but other cities that had not typically hosted these large concerts. And so their management company told Van Halen, you gotta be sure that the venue can handle all of the production that you're bringing. Van Halen was showing up with like six large semi-trucks of equipment. And the management company's like, listen, if you show up to a venue and they can't handle you, it could actually, it actually could be unsafe for all of the people there. So you gotta be sure that they can handle the electric load, they can handle the weight of all the equipment that you put on the stage. So you need to put something in the rider to be sure that they've read everything else. And so they came up with the idea. David Lee Roth tells in his autobiography that he would walk into the green room and if he saw a large bowl of M&Ms, but the brown ones were still in there, that he would know that they did not really read the writer. And the first thing he would do is say, line check, line check, check it all. And if there were brown M&Ms, likely the other places in the venue weren't prepared either. So he used the brown M&Ms as a way to check if they had really internalized all of the rider, all of the requirements for the band to be at the show. This is essentially what Paul, the apostle in Galatians 2 is doing with Peter. He's like, man, listen, you not having dinner with those people, the Gentiles, that is not a small deal because you are sending the signal that it is circumcision that makes somebody right before God and not the gospel. You are sending the signal that you don't believe the gospel. You are deviating from the gospel. It is not a small thing. It is not a small thing at all. It is, you are showing Peter that you are not allowing the good news of Jesus to impact your 
relationships. And so then Paul continues. Notice verse 14. I'll read all the way through 21. So Peter describes, or Paul describes more of this confrontation with Peter. And then he gives us the solution for how we don't deviate from the gospel in our own lives, how we can stop forgetting the gospel, how we can overcome gospel amnesia in our own lives. Verse 14. But when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, if you have a pen and your Bible open, that is a key phrase. I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the good news of Jesus. I told Peter in front of everyone, if you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? Like, why are you telling them to get circumcised? We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And yet, because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. Meaning circumcision is not what made us right with God. Only believing in Jesus is what's made us right with God. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. But if we ourselves are also found to be sinners while seeking to be justified by Christ, is Christ then a promoter of sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild those things that I tore down, I show myself to be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. This is the other key phrase I want you to see. You may wanna underline this. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Paul says that you were deviating from the truth of the gospel. That phrase, deviating from the truth of the gospel, in the original language, it actually means to get off course. Essentially, in the race, you were running the wrong race. You viewed the gospel just as the starting block, and then you went off course. You ran the wrong race, Peter, because you started deviating from the truth of the gospel. You stopped taking the good news of Jesus and applying it to every single part of your life. You've gone off course. And then he gives a solution for how we don't go off course. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God. See, the way for you to not go off course, the way for you to not forget is to remember. The way you fight forgetting is to remember. The way you stay on track and that you run the race well is to not view the gospel as the starting block, but to understand that the gospel, the gospel's the shoes. The gospel's not the beginning place of your Christian journey. The gospel is the whole journey. You need the gospel to undergird your entire race. You need the gospel every single day of your life. You didn't only need the gospel when you first became a Christian and had your sins forgiven and your shame taken away. You need the gospel. I need the gospel every single day. And this is what Paul is telling Peter. He's saying, man, 
you moved on. You viewed the gospel as the starting blocks and not the shoes for the whole race. You've deviated. You've run off course. You need the shoes, the shoes of the gospel for the entire race. We need God's grace for the whole race. You needed God's grace when you first became a Christian. You need God's grace today. You need God's grace tomorrow. You need God's, God's grace for the entire race of the Christian faith. The gospel is not the starting blocks. The gospel is the shoes that you need for the entire race. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a pastor from long ago, he said this, the Christian life starts with grace, it must continue with grace, and it ends with grace. We need God's grace for the entire race. So in your life, where are you forgetting God's grace? Peter, the one who took God's grace to the Gentiles, forgot God's grace. So if Peter can forget God's grace for the whole race, I, I can easily forget God's grace for the whole race, and you too can forget God's grace. Where in your life are you forgetting God's grace? Here's a, here's a way to think about it. What are the brown M&Ms in your life? Basically, the places that show you've forgotten his grace. The places, the, the small areas in your life or, or the, the segments of your life that reveal you have forgotten God's grace. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your marriage. I have husbands, guys my age, younger than me, will come to me for marriage advice at times and say, pastor, man, I am, I am struggling with loving my wife. I feel like she's distant towards me. She's cold towards me. How do I, now I, I don't even want to be around her. She doesn't want to be around me. It's like World War III in our home. You need God's grace for the whole race. See, the scripture, when, he, when God writes to husbands in the book of Ephesians, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That the way our marriages can be strong is if we understand the gospel is for our marriages. So I always say to the guys like, bro, how warm were you towards God when he came and found you? How loving were you towards him when he pursued you? We were not, we weren't even thinking of him. We were distant from God. We were going our own way, but God in his great mercy set his love and affection on us. And when we remember that God pursued us when we were cold towards him, that's when husbands, that's when our hearts can get melted and we will pursue our wives the way that Christ pursues us. See, we need God's grace for the whole race. We need the gospel. I need the gospel for my marriage and you do as well. Maybe the, the brown M&M for you is, is your identity. This is where I sometimes struggle. I can still find my worth or my identity in the things that I accomplish or in the things that I achieve. And so when I don't reach a goal or I don't uh, meet the expectations that I placed on myself, I can feel defeated. I need the gospel to remind me that my identity does not come in what I accomplish, but in what Christ has accomplished for me. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, that my identity is secure, not because I have done good things for God this week, 
or contributed to society or hit a goal or hit a target. No, my identity is secure because of Jesus and what Jesus has done for me. I need God's grace for the whole race. The gospel is not the starting blocks, the gospel, the shoes that undergird the entire race. We need God's grace for every single aspect of our life. You need God's grace to enable you to forgive somebody. If you are wrestling with bitterness and carrying a grudge and it is causing you to not enjoy the race as you run, if you view the gospel as the starting blocks, you'll have a hard time forgiving. But if you remember that, no, the gospel is the shoes that I am wearing right now as I enjoy this race, as I endure this race, then the gospel, you still have it. And when you struggle with forgiving, you'll remember how much you have been forgiven because of the gospel, how much you have been made right with God because of his goodness given to you. You'll remember Ephesians chapter four, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you, Ephesians 4, 32. See, the only way we can forgive is if we have the gospel as our shoes, not as our starting block. If we're remembering how much that Christ forgave us, that's the only way. It's the only way we'll have the power to forgive other people. Generosity, the only way you're gonna be generous is if you are wearing the shoes of the gospel. See, if you have the gospel as your starting block way back there, way back when you started the race, then you can you know, try to be generous in your own power and it doesn't work. But if you remember how generous God was to you, then you'll be generous to others because you'll be in awe of his generosity expressed. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse seven and nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty, you might become rich. What the apostle Paul was saying to those Christians in the city of Corinth was, listen, you're wrestling with being stingy. You're not being generous. It's because you've forgotten the gospel. Because if you'll just remember how generous God was to you, you'll have no option but to be generous because your heart will be melted with the reality of the gospel. You'll be wearing the shoes of the gospel as you enjoy the race and you'll be generous because your heart will be overjoyed. You'll be, how can I not be generous? He has been so generous and good to me. See, you need the gospel, God's grace for the entire race. Where in your life have you forgotten the gospel? What, what's the brown M&Ms that reveal you have forgotten to apply the good news of Jesus to your whole life? The solution to deviating from the gospel is to not set aside the grace of God. The solution to forgetting the most important thing, the good news of Jesus, is to remember the gospel. Charles Spurgeon, famous pastor, he said this, the most important daily habit we can possess is to remind ourselves of the gospel. That's what Paul was saying to Peter. Man, you've deviated from the truth of the gospel and it's been disastrous. Peter, it's been disastrous for you because you've been pulled away from community where you could have grown. It's been disastrous for others because they've been sent the wrong signal that something else other than Jesus is what unifies us. 
Peter, it's been disastrous because you viewed the gospel as the starting block and not as the shoes that undergird the whole race. So the most important daily habit you can possess is to remind yourself of the gospel. How do we forget our shoes? How do my daughters forget their shoes? How do I forget where my ring and my keys and my wallet are? How do we forget the gospel? We are prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. What would it be like this week if every time you put your physical shoes on, you reminded yourself of the gospel? Imagine what this week would be for you. If in the morning, when you put your shoes on, if you reminded yourself, I am breathing today because God has given me breath. I am living today as forgiven because Christ was crucified on the cross for me. I am going to serve others because Christ has served me. I can forgive others today because Christ has forgiven me. I'm gonna live in holiness today because why would I live any other way? Because all of my sin was already placed on Jesus. What would it be like for you this week if every time you put your shoes on, you remind yourself of the gospel? Will you do that this week? Will you remind yourself that your identity doesn't come from your performance, but comes from what Christ accomplished for you on the cross? Will you remind yourself that you are loved, not from what you've done for him, but because of what God has done for you? Will you remind yourself of the good news of the gospel every time you put on your shoes this week? And the gospel won't be the starting blocks for your journey. The gospel will be the shoes that undergird your whole race. We need God's grace for the whole race. All right, extend your hands, please. And let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you are gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.